Welcome to the Workplace Chameleon. This is Dr. Selena, episode 82. Wow, here we are. <laughs> never did I think, never did I know. And yet, thank you for sticking with me through this adventure. I'm not sure where it's going, but meanwhile, we're going to share ideas, tips, insights with you as often as I can about what's going on in my work as an organizational psychologist, what I'm hearing, talking about as I walk alongside companies at all different types of stages and phases, and that includes leaders. Maybe that's you listening to this episode and all of the different types of leaders that I get to sit with and talk to and understand what's going on in their business, what's happening with their team, how are they continuing to make the best impact possible. There's a theme that weaves through many of those conversations because many successful leaders are driving to whatever results they're trying to produce, whoever they're trying to serve or support or produce what for. And there's something about being in those roles that might bring about this sense of, I just wish everyone would get it done. I wish they would keep up. I wish, I wish they could read my mind. Leaders carry an additional responsibility to let people into their head as to why, and especially during times of change, how priorities are shifting. People won't know unless we share it, yet how much and when is right. I've been doing some research on this recently, some deep thinking, having conversations, and want to share some of that with you today. I'll have someone say to me, they should just know. Really? Hmm. Did you tell them? They can't read your mind. And yet I had another leader say to me, Selena, I shared more. And then I found the company newsletter sitting down on the cafe at our in our local town. And now that information is out for everybody. I'm like, did you put anything in there that you weren't proud of? No. Well, you got a little extra PR bonus out of it. So not every method is the right way. Not every time is the right moment. And not every conversation should contain it all. So what do we need to think about when it comes in to when to share and when to wait and not just relying on, well, I just hope they read my mind because, you know, I'm not sure that I really want to and I don't want you reading mine. Let's start with a little bit of trivia here on the phrase, read my mind. I did a little digging into that because I wanted to know if there was any other background to this phrase. And it's really, as you know, or are thinking about maybe in this moment, used to indicate that someone has accurately guessed, guessed what another person is thinking or intending to say. Often with surprising accuracy, because if you know each other well, you might have some additional insights into, I knew that's what you were going to say. 
the idea that it suggests a deep level of understanding or connection between the individuals involved as if one person could literally see into the thoughts of the other without any verbal communication. The exact origin of this phrase is difficult to pinpoint, and the concept of mind reading has been part of human culture and storytelling for centuries. The idea of telepathy or mind reading has roots in ancient civilizations and has been a recurring theme in mythology, folklore, and later, now, in sci-fi and fantasy literature. The phrase itself, read my mind, likely evolved from these long-standing human fascinations with the idea that it is possible to know someone's thoughts directly. The concept of mind reading has been popularized in various forms of entertainment and literature, often depicted as this supernatural ability where characters possess these telepathic abilities that allow them to communicate mentally or understand each other's thoughts without speaking. However, in everyday use, read my mind is used more figuratively. It's a way to express a sense of surprise and pleasure when someone acts in accordance with one's thoughts or wishes or wishes, right, without those thoughts or wishes being explicitly communicated. I just wish they would read my mind is really this, oh, I just don't want to take the time to explain it, but I should. If you're having thoughts about, I just want them to take care of this. This is the feedback I would give them. If I just had time, I would express this. Oh, maybe, maybe that's what we, the tech we need to develop is then I don't even have to communicate with you at all. That is not going to happen, right? We also know just in day-to-day conversations, this shows up. If you were thinking about wanting a cup of coffee and a friend offers you without one, without saying anything, right? You might respond with, wow, you read my mind. So this expression touches on really what is a psychological truth about human relationships. The closer and more in tune people are with each other, the better they can predict each other's thoughts, needs, and desires based on nonverbal cues, shared experiences, and emotional bonds. The ability to read each other strengthens connections and can make interactions more seamless and possibly meaningful. While read my mind may evoke those images of psychic powers and telepathy in a literal sense, its usage is really deeply rooted in the human experience of connection, understanding, and empathy. It underscores the value of being attuned to others. And the joy, yeah, joy of shared understanding without the need for words. Why talk about that as this 
podcast continues to examine pulling the layers back of what makes an organization effective and how the heck do you do that, especially when change feels relentless. Transparency and leadership is really what this is about. And it's critical for a number of reasons, including impacting everything from morale of individual team members to the overall success or effectiveness of an organization. When we want someone to read our mind, because I've just got all this stuff going on and I don't want to take the time to explain it, or I wish you just could so it would make this go by faster, we're really talking about a moment of transparency. And transparency in leadership is critical for all of us because it builds trust, it improves employee morale, it encourages accountability, it facilitates better decision-making because communication is enhanced. And chances are, if we're doing all of that, it strengthens our organizational climate and culture by promoting honesty, integrity, and respect. And that culture that attracts and retains top talent, employees are more likely to feel engaged and committed because they're trusted, they're informed, right? They understand the bigger picture and they understand their part in that bigger picture. And when leaders are transparent about expectations and the consequences of actions, it sets a clear standard of accountability for everyone. And this not only applies to following through on commitments, but admitting mistakes and learning from them. We also know that transparency and leadership enhances crisis management. In times of crisis, transparency becomes even more critical. Leaders who communicate openly about the nature of the crisis The steps being taken to address it and the expected outcomes can mitigate panic and rumor spreading. Transparent communication during a crisis can help maintain stability and confidence among team members and all stakeholders. One last bonus for transparency and leadership you may not have thought about before It promotes innovation. An environment where information flows freely is perfectly positioned for innovative thinking. Transparency encourages the sharing of ideas and collaboration as team members feel more comfortable voicing their thoughts and suggestions. This can lead to creative solutions and improvements that drive the organization forward. So transparency and leadership is not just about sharing information. It is about creating that environment of openness, trust, honesty. So those are valued and practiced. And as a result, we get a whole lot better stuff. Yet today, in our fast-paced and often uncertain organizational environment, Transparency is not just an optional leadership trait, but a necessary one for success. What could we do with that today? This time you've invested with me, 
I want you to think about this as part of our core responsibility as a leader. Because we don't have just the responsibility of making those decisions, but also in communicating those decisions effectively. Right? And it's really that leader's role, your role, my role, your role, your role, your role, and your role to guide our team through the change. So there are some things that I think about. You have to decide what to share and when. What does that delicate balance look like between maintaining enough information, not sharing too much or not sharing enough? And how should we transmit that information? We have all these methods, but we also need to consider what's the team's readiness for the information, the timing of the communication, and how to present the information in a way that is accessible and understandable. We also need to consider the impact of sharing on team dynamics. So what might be the right or wrong approach to share the information and how will that affect coworkers? And we want a stronger, more cohesive team, but failing to do so can also lead to mistrust and disengagement. We need some concrete advice to how to gauge how much, how often, and in what way. Hmm. Okay, so what can I do with that? Here's what I'm thinking. Number one, you need to assess your team's readiness for change. So signs that the team is experiencing confusion or frustration with the current direction or priorities indicates a need for clear communication. You have to read your environment. You have to stop long enough, dear leader, from charging forward to read what's on your radar screen. Where is the team at? How are they feeling about it? Do What are those signals they are giving you as to what they need. We can also pay attention to engagement levels. Number two, a drop in engagement or motivation might signal that the team is unaware of the bigger picture or how their work fits into it. So we have to understand the context. Next, we have to assess the impact for that information information sharing, if there's impact on morale. So gauging whether sharing information will empower the team or potentially demoralize them, it depends on the nature of the shift in priorities. We also have to consider confidentiality and timing, right? We're balancing the needs to maintain confidentiality with the benefit of early sharing to allow the team to adapt to those changes. Next, preparation for sharing. And again, I'm going to go through these categories. If you want this in writing, email me. You can reach us at hello at workplacechameleon.com and say, I want that list from episode 82 on what are the questions I should be asking myself regarding timing and not having my team read my mind. The next one, preparation for sharing. You need to make sure your message is clear. And the reasoning behind the decisions is easy to understand to avoid misinterpretations. 
And we need to put support structures in place for team members who may need help adjusting to the change. Do that before you announce it. Something else we think about, strategies for effective communication includes incremental sharing. We need to understand how to introduce information in stages so we don't overwhelm the team and provide feedback mechanisms. What are the channels that they will be able to share back with us through their concerns and questions? Because that's what's going to get them for their clarification. Signs from the team might include what kinds of questions or inquiries they ask so you can provide more context. An increase in questions about the direction of the project or the company might indicate it's time to tell them more. And observing those team dynamics, changes in team dynamics, such as increased silos or lack of collaboration, I like to say overall grouchiness, may suggest a need for more transparent communication about shifting priorities. You, right? You have to be ready to share it. And your ability to empathize with the team, anticipate their reactions to the news, absolutely have a part of this. So my last point on this would be, what is your personal readiness to deal with it? And that also comes with a confidence in the decision. The leader's readiness to share is also tied to their confidence in the decisions made and their ability to communicate the reasons behind these decisions convincingly. It is a delicate balance between transparency and discretion that leaders have to navigate. So by paying attention to the signs within your team and preparing both the message and the team for communication can help us more effectively manage the process of shifting priorities. Leaders with the tools to make informed decisions about when and how are going to do a better job sharing critical information with their teams. And I know this is always in flux. Like you have a plan for the day and it changes three times in 10 minutes. You were going to incrementally share some updates today and three people are out, two people are working from home, and the other person you can't find. I'm just kidding, right? But there's stuff that comes up. This is, you know, they call it a nuanced aspect of leadership, meaning I can't give you step one, do this, step two, do this, step three, do this. I would love to. (laughs) I just need you to read my mind a little bit. No, I'm kidding. I just need you to understand that if you don't pay attention, you won't know. That's nuance. It is that balance, but you have to read the situation to know more or less. Because when we foster that culture of openness, when we establish that culture of openness, right, it fosters trust because we give regular updates. When we use a need-to-know basis with context, the information we share is relevant and impactful, yet it's through gradual disclosure. When we assess the timing and the setting, we determine what the right time is and the right place. We encourage feedback and dialogue through open channels for feedback, and we, oh, can I just say this? All right. 
dialogue, not monologue. Oh, we're so coming up with some mantra cards for this one. This is my new phrase. Dialogue, not monologue. Approach these communications as two-way conversation. This approach helps in addressing misunderstandings quickly and reinforces trust. We have to tailor the message. Your audience has to be able to understand it because they can't read your mind. And maybe ultimately as a leader, you need to evaluate the consequences of sharing versus withholding. Weigh the benefits of sharing the information against the potential risks or fallout. Consider how transparency will affect that team, trust in you, and the project's process, the initiative, the restructure, whatever that is. By discerning what must remain confidential for legal, ethical, or competitive reasons, we can then determine what's next. And I do. Ultimately, I want consistent messaging because the team has to get this consistently from all leaders so that I don't get different stories when I talk to different people. So it really is important that all leaders and relevant stakeholders are on the same page to prevent mixed messages. Oh, this is complicated, right? We have to navigate that so that we share information thoughtfully at the best times possible because this, my friends, is the responsibility we carry. Meanwhile, take a deep breath. Learn something new to say today. This is Dr. Selena, and we're going to continue this conversation over the next few episodes about priorities, because what you pay attention to matters. Take care. Be well. Keep smashing those mental health stigmas. Until next time.